Hey everyone, this is Flippin' Finance. I'm Sam Ismore and I'm joined by my co-host Fabian. Hello, hello. Today is September 20th, 2023. Today we're covering interest rates, consumer spending, and any of Fabian's burning questions. As always, kick the disclosure music. None of this is investment advice and does not constitute an offer to buy or sell securities, nor do any of my opinions reflect those of my employer, Vallejo Financial Advisors. That's Vallejo Financial Advisors, I can't speak. Or any of its affiliates. This is for educational purposes only. And things change, so we have no duty to go back and change or revise any of this information. With that out of the way, Fabian, how are you? I'm doing great. I love disclosures or just like a scapegoat for if anything goes wrong, you're like, meh, not my fault. <laughs> yeah, we disclosed you. it. I, I, we disclosed yeah, I warned it. you at the beginning of the show. Yeah, don't uh, when, trust whenever you read that, say. I'm like, we could literally say some irresponsible stuff, and uh, it's like, okay. Have you heard of Bitcoin? I think you should put 100 <laughs> yeah. percent into it. So speaking of Bitcoin, kind of similar tangentially, but there was a. Uh, I, I read something very briefly. I didn't read the whole thing about SBF, uh, Sam Brankman Freed, like. Uh, sure. Just saying all kinds, like some of the court documents were released, and he's been saying like all kinds of baddie stuff, just like that made no sense. I haven't. Like, he was quoting. That. He was quoting music, like during his trial or whatever. Huh. Well, I mean, he did create like he. I don't know. He stole like forty billion dollars and lost it all. So he's probably not well adjusted. No. No. He probably did a <laughs> lot of drugs. I, I could imagine something yeah do we need another like drug disclosure no we've disclosed it up at the beginning okay good good don't do drugs um all right what's on your mind today uh we've got the newsletter uh here to run through but what questions did you have so it's it's interesting because i don't know if we've talked about this before but i'm in the process of looking for another vehicle and one of the things that's making me hesitate right now are freaking interest rates. Okay. It doesn't seem like they've they've gotten any better. Uh, mm-hmm. As a matter of fact, I feel like they're worse. You could correct me if I'm wrong, but what is going on with interest rates? Like where where are they? What the heck's going on with them? Yeah. Yeah. So you and my, my mom are actually in the same boat. She has to buy a new car and she's all stressed about it, but we're all we're interest rates. So step one is like, how do they get set? What happens? And the Federal Reserve controls short-term interest rates through something called the federal funds rate. So you've got the Mac Daddy uh, Bank, which the Federal Reserve, it sets the floor for what other banks can borrow at. So everything kind of starts where the federal funds rate is. And everything else from there is a proxy of the Fed funds because banks aren't going to um, take a loss on a loan, like give you 3% or something like that uh, versus what the the Fed is going to be offering. So right now the Fed funds rate is is technically a range. It's 5.25 to 5.5%, but it's sitting right at 5.3 effectively. So about 18 months ago, it was zero. So this has been kind of the quickest uh, short-term rise in interest rates we've had in like 30 years. And interest rates haven't been this high for like our lifetimes effectively. They were around the same time in 2008. But if you look at the the chart in the newsletter, you can see that all the way back to like 
pre-1985, uh, interest rates have been lower than where they currently are right now, except for like a bleep, little blip there. But what the Federal Reserve doesn't control is what you're talking about there with your car loan. So like that's the market rate uh, mm. on things. So like mortgage rates and things like that. So it's all a proxy. So you can go and look at the two-year U.S. Treasury, which the Fed doesn't control, but it's going to be pretty close to the Fed funds rate. It's right about 5%. Um, and then as you go and look at mortgage and auto rates, those are a longer term debt. So that's going to be pretty much market decided, but uh, you're definitely right. So a mortgage rate right now is above 7% and that's a primary. So if you want to go by, yeah. Like so a, primary, a primary number? Oh, the primary residence. Your number one oh. residence. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, no, it's, they're, they're called prime numbers. I'm such an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> when I, Same you can, uh, I'll say something stupid later. We'll even it out. Um, but like a secondary or investment property, that mortgage is going to be 8 9%. It's going to be a lot higher. Same thing for autos. So we're seeing auto rates. I'm not sure where your quote was, but I'm seeing some in the eights for an auto loan. Is that what you're seeing? Yeah. I mean, I, I said, hey, what are the rates for you know, somebody with tier A1 credit, right? Like the highest credit that you can get. What, what are we looking at? And they said it you. was around six and a half to 7%, like 5.99 maybe even, which Oof. is still, that's that's crazy. You know, on a $250,000 supercar, that's going to cost you quite a bit of money. Oh, I mean, well, uh, <laughs> let's, if, if you have to finance the supercar, that tells me you can't afford it. <laughs> So I don't know what you're looking at, but you're, I think you're looking at a Yukon, right? For the new kiddo. We, we are looking at SUVs with third row capabilities. Yes. Third row capabilities. Okay. Yeah. So is it Yukon? What else are you looking at? Yukon, there's uh, the Suburban and then the Mercedes, the GLS. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I don't know enough about cars. Uh, I don't know about the Mercedes. Uh <laughs> But the, the real question is that you, you might ask that next is why are they higher? Yes. Because Why are inflation, they higher? <laughs> yeah. Well, the Mercedes or the interest rates. So you have to remember that the Fed is trying to balance two different things. So you've got, uh, it's trying to maximize employment and control inflation. And if you were a snobby economist, you might say price stability. Well, everyone knows that inflation was bananas in 21 and 22. And we were at an all-time high of roughly 9%. It's come all the way down. It's, it's, it's kind of surprising that inflation went from 9% down to 26 and we didn't have a recession. Um, but there's other measures of inflation, which we've talked about before, Fabian. Uh, do you want me to just name all of them for you? Or just when we talk about the one that's still the issue? Make it fast. <laughs> Name okay. them all. So, so there's overall, there's core. There's core with private new rent indices for housing. There's also core X housing and used cars. There's core services X housing. There's market core, median core, and trend mean. So but that, wait, that's just <laughs> where is super core? Oh, super core is core, core services X housing. Uh, so that's the one that is still oh, that's so, just, okay. this nickname. Cool. That's it's the highlighted the one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes, it is. Super so if you're looking at it in the newsletter, uh, Supercore is still 4.9% over the last one, whereas everything else is pretty much below three. And that is one of the measures the, flat, the Fed is worried about. And the true thing that they're worried about is the double hump inflation that we had in the 70s. So uh, we've had similar inflation for different reasons back in the 70s. It got a little bit higher, but it was pretty much two camel humps. And that's what they're trying to avoid. So 
they, they don't want to repeat that. So they want to keep interest rates higher for longer to ensure inflation doesn't come back. Hmm. So what you're seeing now is like the, the, the market is interest rates in the long term are starting to come up to where the Fed uh, expectations are for, for the, for the market. So they, the market wants the Fed to cut rates and they're just staring down and just saying, we're not doing it. Um, until inflation is 100% behind us and they keep kicking that can down the road of when that, when and if they'll cut. I don't like that. Um, so me, you know, normal everyday, everyday person, what should, what should I be doing? Should I be even so if, looking at buying a car? Is that a smart decision? Are there other things I should be doing? Well, full disclosure, Fabian, I'm not, I'm not your advisor. So I don't, you know, I don't know what you got going on. But you're on. my friend. Uh, you know, yeah. like, do you need the Mercedes? Anyways, um, <laughs> what wow. you should definitely do. <laughs> that cuts deep. Have you ever, have you ever looked at just like a nice used Sienna? I'm going to stop know? you right there. You said the word used. <laughs> <laughs> this will come up later, but uh, with the strikes, I, I think mm, used, yes. I think prices are going to stay elevated in cars uh, for a while. But what you should do is, um, so interest rates are higher. So ensure that you're getting uh, paid interest on your money that's sent in the bank. Uh, JP Morgan, Wells, whoever, no one's going to call up and, hey, by the way, uh, we just raised your interest rate on your checking and savings account because you're such a great customer. They're not going to do that. So make sure um, any money is getting in a money market. Um, if you want to get really like fun with it, I actually had a friend who's our age was like, how do I buy a U.S. Treasury? Apparently, they're at 5.5%. And... Uh, I was just like, well, first off, you shouldn't be buying treasuries. But anyways, um, you can go do that in your brokerage account or uh, not endorsement, but treasurydirect.gov. I feel like I couldn't get in trouble for recommending .gov site. But anyways, not a recommendation. <laughs> you can buy treasuries through there. And also, if you're a Henry, you know, high, high income uh, earner, not rich yet, you can go buy a muni bond for a longer duration. Duration is just how long the bond is um, out there for. And you can get a tax adjusted yield of like almost close to 7% depending on, on where you're buying. So wow. that's, yeah. So if you're, if your effective tax rates, like in the twenties or thirties, that can be a really good uh, option instead of a money market. Huh. Um, Is there yeah. minimums on those? No, usually you just have to go buy, you can go buy a muni bond fund. Um, so like Vanguard has a, like a huge bond fund. That's a muni bond fund that any, I think anyone could buy. I don't know. The rules are a little different for me and what I can buy people and what, what normies can go buy. Uh, <laughs> um, but that's that, that if you, if you just have like 10,000 and you want a muni bonus, you could put it something like that. Obviously not a recommendation. Uh, after you made fun of disclosures, I'm all nervous. We're going to get sued. And then, uh, <laughs> um, and then for individual bond, they, they are in different lots. So usually you have to buy, and round lots of like 10,000, 20,000, 25. Um, so usually I buy like 25 to $50,000 lot bonds for my clients. Mm, okay. Okay. Yeah. Well, with all these rates being high, really not coming down so much as much as I would like, is that bad? <laughs> is that a bad thing that's going on right now? Is it, it depends who you're asking. So if you're a saver, it's really good. You finally got higher interest rates. I would say right now, it's probably not bad. I think we needed higher rates, especially like in the housing market. You've seen housing really cool. Um, it'd be good if it didn't go to a complete stop like it is right now. But we've effectively been under 7% mortgage rates for almost 
20 years. So this is like a new environment that we're in. I think we'll be okay because obviously financial life was okay back in the 90s when we had 7% mortgage rates as well. Um, But it's just going to be a different environment. And the big thing is just going to be home affordability, I think, with these higher rates. Um, There's a good chart in here that just shows the monthly payment on a the median home right now, you're paying twenty three hundred, um, but almost almost eighteen hundred of that is an in interest. So you're just oh. yeah, yeah. If you scroll down to the bottom, so it's just like the difference though is like the spread on this isn't like worse. The spread because we used to have zero money market rates, right? And mortgage rates were like three percent. So the spread was always around three. Right now we have five percent money markets and roughly seven to eight percent mortgage rates. So the spread is the same. The cost of capital is a little higher, but the, the issue is just like home prices have run up uh, with increased mortgage rates. And it's kind of crimp thing. So do I think it's bad in the short term? No, but it would be nice for like home affordability uh, to be a little bit better. So. Yeah. I guess it's, it's better for people that don't need a house or a car or to borrow money. Yeah, but like the economy runs, the economy runs on. I don't care about the economy. I care about myself. (laughs) (laughs) You are the economy, Um, so it it does start slowing things a little bit, which is prudent. That's how you get inflation down. But we just don't want to cause a recession. But once again, nobody can really uh, predict that. But I think that goes into the next newsletter that'll come out next week. I don't know if you read that one yet. I don't think so. Okay. I'm just going to throw it at you then. Um, I'm calling this the YOLO economy continuing. Mm. Um, yes. I like, the, I, I like the sound of that. That's more okay. my style. Okay. <laughs> Not higher interest rates and you uh, being fiscally responsible and getting no, a burn car. it all. Okay. YOLO. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, this is this is exactly what you're doing with your, uh, was it GLS Mercedes? Yeah. I'm so uncultured. <laughs> I don't even, I thought, what do you, what? What car do you drive? It's not a GLS. I don't, I don't want to talk about it now. Okay. <laughs> if people haven't turned off the show already, I don't need to give them a reason to. I didn't know what you drive. I drive a 2017 used Honda Accord Sport that has a side swipe on the side of it. Did you Anyways. cause that? <clears throat> it's, a, uh, it's a little shame mark. <laughs> on there from a mistake. Uh, but the, the YOLO economy is, is a function of from when we were we were in COVID, we went and bought a bunch of crap uh, effectively and services was down a lot. So uh, we all just you know self-medicated with uh, buying stuff, boats, whatever uh, uh, that came to mind. And then now that things are back open, we've kind of switched. So like Taylor Swift's era tour. It's a perfect example of that. That's not really a good, that's a service that Taylor is um, just allowing us to experience. Uh, <laughs> unless you live in Indianapolis, in which case no one got tickets. Correct. It's fine. We're not, we're not better about that, no, Taylor. I'm not mad. Yeah. In fact, you know, just downright depressed. We've just gone through the stages of the grief. But anyways, so we've switched to, we're paying now for more services and experiences. And there's a great chart in here. You're part of this problem here, Fabian. Me too, because we're going to Italy next next year. <laughs> Record high. I'm just dragging on you so much today. I'm so sorry in your <laughs> bougie good. lifestyle. It's typically the other way. I think you're just getting me back. <laughs> <laughs> but there's a record share of U.S. consumers planning to go on vacation to a foreign country. So it, it hovers around 14%. And now we're all the way at 22%. So people are just living their lives, going out and spending money on Tay-Tay tickets, Europe, and consumer spending is still 
uh, staying pretty strong. And, and the function of that is pre-2008, the personal savings rate was by billions. So this is by um, not by percentages, but by um, dollar amounts was right around, call it 40 billion. And this is in the show notes uh, in here. So it was about flat for 30 years. So Americans saved about the same amount uh, every year. And then 2008 happened and that just really changed consumer behavior. Everyone was saving a lot more, a lot more prudent, um, want to have that rainy day fund. Don't want to go through that again because that was just a, a horrible uh, event for us. And then COVID hit. And now we have the YOLO economy where people are, I think, perspectives have changed. Uh, work-life balance has changed a little bit. I know hybrid um, you're starting to see that like people are traveling more with Airbnbs and starting their vacation on like a Thursday and like working remotely Friday um, type behavior. So like consumers have just shifted to personal savings as being back to pre 2008 levels. So this is what I'm calling the, the YOLO economy where is it bad that we're not saving as much? I'm not sure because the economy works through like spending. So if me and you mm. keep spending money to each other, we're cycling and creating economic growth. So it's not like necessarily a bad thing, but it's just interesting of note that consumers are spending a lot less uh, right now. So well, and and when you look at it, not necessarily financially, but you look at it from like a, I'll call it a holistic kind of point of view. That makes sense, right? We we all went through COVID, and your as you pointed out earlier, your perspective changed on what is important. And maybe saving for the future that might not exist is not as important as experiencing something cool in the moment and making the most of what you have and yelling YOLO as you're burning $100 bills sipping champagne. Sure. Well, I think we went from like the YOLO trading to now like the YOLO experiences of Taylor's only paying in these cities and we can only get tickets at this night and it's $1,000 and... I mean, YOLO. And, and, and people are paying for it. That's what's crazy yep. is people are setting the precedent for, okay, cool. Here is the new floor of what the minimum people will pay, mm-hmm. right? Let's jack it up and, and see what else they'll pay for, which is nuts. Sure, sure. And then that all just translates into economic growth because you've got currently Q3, Q3 is right at 5% coming in for this quarter. So that is like really smoking for... Uh, for economic growth. And I'm like trying to Google like how much her Taylor or Taylor Swift tickets online yet for Ticketmaster. Yeah. I'm sure you see it. I was like, what is, I think my buddy said he got tickets for $220 face and they were reselling for $1,800 a piece already. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Did he sell his? No. Oh, good for him. A trooper. Um, and I'm sure we've covered this before, but economic growth sounds great, but are there negative impacts of fast economic growth? Inflation. Inflation. Okay. Inflation's yeah, the big thing. So like higher economic growth, you got more money moving around, inflation, and then uh, obviously that's the Fed's bugaboo. They want to try to keep it around two to three percent. So that that's kind of you don't want the economy to run too hot because it's kind of like a train. You want to manage the speed. Um, of, of the train and you don't want to run away train uh, mm. from that. So that's kind of the bad part of, of like really good economic growth. So it's like a double-edged sword. YOLO. YOLO. <laughs> and I don't know if we, if we have time, you have a hard cutoff, but you had a great question. Yeah, we'll, we'll get into it for a few minutes. So the big 
United Auto Workers strike seems like it's going to have a gigantic impact on a lot of things other than just the the automotive industry. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, you're, you're starting to see, uh, I think, Stellantis and maybe some others that are completely shutting down facilities. And now yep. that's like that's having a bigger ripple in the economy, I presume, other than just, okay, hey, these workers can't make cars and now we're going to sell less cars type of thing. Yeah. So I think one, if you go look at car inventory, which will be in next week's uh, inventory, we're still way below uh, pre-COVID car inventory. And now production and, and domestic is going to be way down. So that's step one. But what's really interesting is you're starting to see the unions go back and bargain for higher wages. Because if you, and this is in the show notes, you can see the wage growth tracker. If you switch jobs last year, you got roughly an 8% wage increase. And if you stayed, you got about 5 Wow! So the free market just moves a lot quicker. So you're, I think the, the labor market being so tight, we're at like 3.8% unemployment. Wage growth is really high. Job openings are still really high. You're going to see more people pressing for their what they feel is their fair share of compensation. And what you're seeing now is number of workdays lost to strike is over 4 million days this month. And that that's all the way back to 2000 when unions were a lot stronger. So I think it's a function of really strong labor market. I think we're going to see more, not less of this until you have some type of pullback in the economy, which with consumer spending being higher with Taylor, until Taylor Swift stops touring, the economy (laughs) will keep going. uh, Do you think Congress's doctor or somebody has to be like, Taylor, slow down? No, keep it going. We need it. (laughs) Although, you know, it, it, and I just want to say one thing, the auto workers aren't the only one that's striking, right? You've got Correct. Hollywood yeah. on strike as well. You've got the Screen Actors Guild and then mm-hmm. the, um, the the Writers Guild as well. Mm-hmm. And I there's a couple smaller what, ones what too. sag those, or whatever. Yeah, um, so you've got SAG, uh, WGA, and the UAW. So those are the biggest ones. But they're, the, I think, the ones that get the most pressed. There's been a ton of other strikes. Like well, the UPS almost teachers. went on strike, I believe it was, and they yeah. avoided that. Yeah. Well, did you see their total comp package now? Uh, it was no. like memed. Oh, it's uh, if you're on Twitter and a loser like me, um, hey Austin, if you're still listening, um, <laughs> UPS package pay package is 170,000. So they're not making that, but that's your salary plus benefits. Yeah, but you're you're making almost two hundred thousand dollars, you know, and you don't necessarily need a college degree. And that's like, how great. Is I think that? that's great. I think that goes back to yeah. how America used to be, where you just had like a you know, a blue collar job and you could pr- provide for your household and send your kids to college and save money and buy a car and do all the normal stuff. Are you telling me back when America no. was nope. great? No, don't say it. Nope. Nope. Okay. I'm not saying that. I'm not even close to saying that. <laughs> um, but I think you're going to, all this kind of feeds into each other because like strong employment, higher wage growth feeds into inflation, feeds into higher interest rates. So it's kind of like this flywheel that's continuously balancing itself. So that's why I thought all three of the upcoming newsletters kind of fed into each other. They're all um, different, unique in their own kind of uh, idiosyncratic uh, Mm -hmm. way, Mm -hmm. but together in a culmination, they're all feeding off each other. So I thought that's why it'd be good to discuss them all. Love it. The the one thing I will say about Taylor Swift, I've I've hit my limit (laughs) with her. I pre-ordered the 1989 album on vinyl Okay, And I've seen her put out no less than five emails saying, for the next 48 hours, this color is on sale, right? Okay. So it's like, 
you get people to buy the first one, then you wait, then you do it again and saying this is limited edition. And now she's just done it again with an extra version that has like one extra song. I'm like, this is just greedy. Like now you just look greedy. This is not a, uh, I will not allow this. This is not a Tay Tay slander podcast. (laughs) I'm just like arguably the greatest businesswoman we have. And you're trying to bring her down. You know, you're, are you calling me? Oh my God, you're calling me anti-feminine, feminine, anti-woman. We got it. So we got show. MAGA. This is, this is anti-feminist. <laughs> you're this not is great. We got everything. Has anyone ever heard of gaslighting before? Because I think that's what's going on. Oh my God. Oh God. Uh, that's good all you got for me. Yeah, that's yeah. all you got for me. All right. Well, appreciate Fabian. Run to your next meeting. Bye.